And here we go with another show. Really excited to join you. Burke will be out yet again. He has a legitimate reason, though. It's a, a big deal. Um, they've, they've had a lot of snow, so it was kind of snowed in, but that snow has since melted. So he is out shoveling the sun out of, of his driveway. So once he gets all that sun off the driveway, he'll be able to join us. So we're looking at probably the next show. Anyways, we have a good one for you, and we will get started. Let's get into these goats. Starting off with Aaron Rodgers. 21 for 33, 243 yards, four touchdowns. They won 31 to 13 against the Giants at New York. And Aaron Rodgers, when he has a bottom 10 defense, well, pass defense, he is a must start. He is the man. And we were getting into that territory earlier on where, you know, he was not necessarily a must start. And I don't think he still is, but that was the case even with good matchups. And now with these great matchups he's had, he's really, man, he's really come to play. And this is like the third uh, time in a row where he's had a great matchup and he's just been lights out. So good for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, also on the list, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick against Philadelphia. I take back everything I said about the Philadelphia secondary. They're horrible, uh, which we'll get into. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 27 for 39, 365 yards, three touchdowns. He did have the pick, and he got sacked three times. But, man, for the Dolphins to get 37 points and to beat the Eagles, no one saw that coming. The Eagles needed this game to stay competitive with Dallas for the division and just laid an egg. And I know it was at Miami, but that shouldn't have mattered. And, uh, you know, you got to like Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. This was the production you thought you were going to see at the beginning of the year um, that you definitely didn't see with Josh Ro uh, Rosen. Anyway, moving along to Mitchell Trubisky. I'm used to having him on the ghost segment, so to have him on the goat segment, you know, I, I really want to uh, have a warm welcome for him, you know, invite him into my house, ask if he wants anything to drink, because um, this is new territory for me. And uh, I, I've been, you know, so uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum with Mitchell Trubisky. And for him to have a game like he did at Detroit, it was only 24 to 20. Uh, he was 29 of 38 for 338 yards. Had three touchdowns in the interception. But, uh, man, he, uh, he looked good. And, and one of those was to David Montgomery. And... Uh, you know, he hit Allen Robinson early on. So, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, it, not that I'm comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, but when he has a bottom five uh, pass defense, he definitely can get those stats that uh, you expect him to get or you expected him at the beginning of the year to get. So good for Mitchell Trubisky, but... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I give I give my hat off to him. 
Deshaun Watson, that's the next one against New England. Now, this was a huge surprise because you didn't expect much against New England defense. New England defense is just dominant. They've been slipping lately, but still top defense in the NFL. And Deshaun Watson has been a pretty streaky player this year. You know, he's he's an every week start, but you definitely are cringing at these uh, bad matchups you know, these great pass defenses because Deshaun Watson isn't always able to deliver. He did on Sunday, though, 18 for 25, 234 yards and three touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Deshaun Watson. I think you can expect the rest of the year. He has has some matchups that aren't ideal, but I think – Again, he's an every-week start, so if you uh, rode him to the playoffs, you're going to keep riding him. Also want to throw in there Jared Goff. He's on here for a couple reasons. He threw for ridiculous 424 yards, had two touchdowns against Arizona. This Arizona pass defense is just porous, and Jared Goff was my start of the week. I should have doubled down and started him in FanDuel, which I didn't. It ended up costing me, but... You know, 32 for 44. I uh, was able to hit Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby had a good game. And uh, the the Rams, I mean, what can you say about them? They're fighting for a playoff spot. And, and Goff is another kind of hot and cold quarterback where, you know, if he's not hot, you don't want him because he's not doing much. And you're wondering what the Rams are going to do in the future in regards to Uh, resigning him or letting him walk because he's an average quarterback but uh, I mean obviously he's he's good enough to get you to the the Super Bowl as he's proved but is he able to win you a championship and I think that's what the question is but you know last week 424 yards is just insane and uh, gotta give your props to him on to our running back goats of the week it starts with Darius Geis against Carolina. The Redskins beat Carolina, which was really surprising, at Carolina. I think Carolina had like a 10-point spread uh, in this game. And Darius Geis only had 10 carries, which is insane. But he got 129 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, definitely making the most of your, uh, your touches. And he was just dominant. Darius Geis is a big play guy. And, you know, this is the stuff we were expecting last week with the matchup he had. And uh, the issue is he could do this with anyone. I mean, he's not getting a lot of uh, carries, but, uh, you know, he's making the most of them most of the time. And uh, those touchdowns definitely help. And it's it's great to see because he's becoming the running back that uh, you thought he was going to be. Uh, before he got hurt last year. So um, I expect actually more great things from Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson with as much as the Redskins are running the ball to try to, uh, you know, uh, protect uh, Dwayne Haskins a little bit in that offense. Derrick Henry is continuing his rampage on everybody. Uh, Played Indianapolis at Indy. 26 carries, 149 yards, had a touchdown. He did fumble it, but when you get 149 yards, it's not that big of a deal. And, uh, man, Tennessee 
really outplayed Indianapolis. And, you know, me personally, I thought Indianapolis was going to win this game. And, uh, you know, the Titans are just, they're on a hot streak and uh, they're going to keep going. I I think the big issue with uh, Tennessee is uh, they really, uh, those last three games of the season are going to be really tough. And, uh, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. And with that schedule, I'm not sure they get there. I mean, when you have to play some of the teams that they're going to have to play, I mean, they have to play Houston twice still. And, uh, you know, you, you think they might win one of those games, but to win both of those, that's going to be tough. Anyway, moving on, Raheem Mostert, 19 carries, 146 yards, got a touchdown. He, again, is pretty much leading the backfield in in San Francisco. Rita has been out. He hasn't been playing. And Tevin Coleman has been slowly phasing out of the offense. And not that it'll stay that way, but, you know, Breida goes down and, and Mostert's been the one that's really been picking up the uh, the touches on the offense. And he actually has more touches, I think, this year than both Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. So uh, the thing about Mostert is he's so quick, too, that, he, you know, his yards per carrier just pretty impressive so if I'm the Niners I'm I'm continuing even if uh, Brita comes back I'm continuing to ride Mostert and do uh you know into the playoffs because and, and if you're a fantasy owner Mostert's not that bad of a pickup especially if you're hurting that running back or you have some injuries he's a good uh, plug and play guy um you know obviously you're worried about the uh the crowded backfield with Coleman and Brita and uh it's kind of it's it's kind of playing a guessing game like man is you know this running back going to be the one that gets the yards and the touchdowns and and you never really know and more than likely you're guessing wrong and and that's the problem with the 49ers but that's why I like Mostert the best is because you you know that uh he doesn't need many touches to get a lot of production and uh the other two uh require that a little bit more so James White is definitely on my list he you know pedestrian 14 carries for 79 yards but he had eight catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns definitely Tom Brady's big uh, target especially as the, the Patriots are trying to claw back and James White this game was set up for him to have a big game and and he did he, he looked great and he was just he's just so impressive and i think he's someone that uh you need to be looking at going forward especially with how disappointing sony michelle the human playstation has been and uh rex burkhead's injury history rashad penny you know he had a james white type game 15 carries 74 yards on the ground but he got a touchdown had four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown not quite as good as James White, but he was also, you know, splitting carries with Chris Carson, and they both had big games. And I like uh, Penny a lot, and it was great to see him have such a great game. But moving forward, I, I, I you know, splitting carries, and, and I, I think they had like 38 touches between the two. That's just not sustainable. But uh, it was good to see this week, and... Uh, I'd actually much rather have a uh, have a penny than uh, 
David Montgomery at this point. I mean, if you put that into perspective. Um, and I just want to throw in here Peyton Barber. He only had 2.8, uh, 2.6 actually yards per carry, 17 carries for 44 yards. And, but he had two touchdowns. And that was the, uh, the big thing. So he turned in a mediocre performance on the ground, but those two touchdowns really uh, made his day relevant. And if you rolled the dice on him, which I don't think many people did or would have even thought to with uh, how big of a day they thought Ronald Jones was going to have, you, uh, but you definitely were happy if, if you did. And that just kind of leads me to my next point in regards to the Buccaneers backfield that that's another one you know you talk about the Niners but it's like every week you think you have it figured out like Ronald Jones is the man or Peyton Barber's the man and a great matchup happens where you're like I'm pretty confident in you know Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber and then it's the opposite running back getting all the play so that's just really frustrating and um you got to be kind of out on the Buccaneers' uh, running back situation, especially for the playoffs, because that's a huge risk to take in, in that type of, uh, you know, winner-take-all week. Now it's time for our wide receiver, Goats of the Week. And let's start it out with the Devontae brothers. We have uh, Devontae Adams, who uh, had a spectacular game against the Giants. Six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, Devontae Parker, who had even a better game, seven catches, 159 yards, and two touchdowns. And Devontae Adams is what he is. He's a great talent. And especially, you know, with Aaron Rodgers getting him the ball, uh, he's due to have some big games like this. And, you know, especially him coming back from injury, it's good to see that, uh, you know, he's, a big part of the offense and uh unfortunately that comes at the expense of Aaron Jones but uh you know you, you can't take away the, the game that Devontae Adams had now the yards you know if you heard he scored two touchdowns you'd think the yards would be a little bit better but 64 yards aren't bad and uh on the other uh with Devontae's brother uh, Devontae Parker um He's just, man, he has some great matchups coming up in the playoffs. You need to be uh, having him on your roster and in your lineup. Um, if he's available, pick him up because he is turning into the receiver that we've wanted him to be since he's got drafted in the first round. So uh, it was really great to see Devontae Parker build that rapport with Fitzpatrick, and I think that's going to continue. Moving along to Cortland Sutton, uh, Cortland Devontae Sutton, um, four catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns, and Cortland Sutton is a talent. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, you know, you keep wanting to bench him because you're not sure about his quarterback, and it just doesn't matter, and that one-handed grab that he had was pretty legit. It, it, was, a, it was a nice catch, and... You know, outside of Cortland Sutton, the Broncos don't have a lot of other receiving, uh, receiving threats. So, um, yeah, you're, you're playing Cortland Sutton every week, 
regardless with uh, how talented he is. We'll uh, move along to Robert Woods. I wanted to include him. He didn't score, but he had 13 catches. 13. I, he had like 19 targets, which is just insane. 172 yards. So you have yards like that. You need to be mentioned regardless on if you score or not. I mean, Robert Woods just had an amazing game. And uh, we're, we're going to round it off with uh, Kenny Galladay against Chicago on Thanksgiving. He was a surprising uh, entry to the uh, the uh, goats of the week because you know David Blow or Blau or however you say his name, he was the one playing quarterback, and so you didn't expect anything from him. And man, right off the bat, it was like a seventy-yard touchdown to Galladay. He ended the the day with uh, one hundred and fifty-eight yards on four catches and a touchdown. So uh, it was pretty impressive and some good performances all the way around that receiver. Onward to our tight end, Goats of the Week. Um, you know any tight end playing against the Cardinals is going to make this list. And number one on our list is a tight end that was playing the Cardinals. Tyler Higby had seven catches, 107 yards, and one touchdown. And with Gerald Everett being hurt, you really had to like this matchup. And he really came through. He was actually the, the top tight end of the week. And... You know, depending on how far Gerald Everett or how long Gerald Everett is out, Tyler Higby is a, is a ad option for this Rams offense. Um, and uh, he can thank uh, he can thank the Cardinals for that as they're just so bad against the tight end. It's like historically bad how uh, how they can't defend that position this year. Uh, Darren Waller against the Chiefs, he didn't score, but he had seven catches for a hundred yards. So you fill up a hundo as as a tight end, you're, you're going to be mentioned. That's a that's a great day, and uh, Kelsey kind of the same thing. Five catches for ninety yards against the Raiders. You know he didn't score, which was unfortunate, but uh, you gotta like the uh, the ninety yards. And then we're rounded out with uh, Mike Kosicki for Miami. Five catches for seventy nine yards and a touchdown against the Eagles, and. You know, Gasicki had a, a a great game, kind of cooled off, and then now is coming back with a, a vengeance, and I think he keeps that production up the the rest of the year. Um, and Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron's on IR, T.Y. Hilton's not playing. Jack Doyle gets six catches for seventy three yards and a touchdown against the Titans. Great all around performance, and I again can see him keeping that up the uh, rest of the year as well. So. Um, it's it's good to see a revitalization of the tight end position this week, and uh, hope it continues because it's really been a letdown uh, the the rest of the 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 season so far. Now here's the uh, scary part of our uh, our podcast: the ghosts of the week. And these are fantasy killers. These are the players you played and just hurt you. And especially the last week of most fantasy football regular seasons, uh, you're probably crying over some of these performances. But we're going to start off with uh, QBs and Nick Foles against the Buccaneers. 
I saw a lot of people starting him and making him the play of the week with the matchup, and it looked like a great matchup, but, you know, he, he got 7 of 14 for 91 yards and an interception. He was actually so ineffective that uh, Gardner Minshew took over, and, uh, yeah, not a good day for Nick Foles, and you, you wonder uh, what was going on there as uh, it just doesn't, it's like sundown in Top Gun where, you know, Tom Cruise gets uh, uh, snake bit a little bit over a goose dying. And uh, sundown keeps telling him to take the shot. And he's like, it doesn't look good. And sundown's like, it doesn't look any better than that. And that's how this matchup was with Nick Foles. It didn't look any better than this. And uh, Nick Foles couldn't take the shot. <laughs> Kyler Murray. 19 for 34, 163 yards, one interception against the Rams. Um, the Rams are a middling defense, so you, you figured that Kyler Murray would do all right and a lot better than he did. And with the, the one interception, no touchdowns, 163 yards, you just can't really do anything with that from a fantasy football perspective. So you had to be disappointed. And this next one I want to throw on here because this is twice now against the Falcons. Drew Brees, I don't know what it is with the Falcons. Um, you know, and, and their mediocre corners. He just can't get it done. Uh, the Falcons are Drew Brees' kryptonite. 18 for 30, 184 yards, and just one touchdown. He just really expected a big game from Drew Brees, and he didn't deliver. So it was, it was disappointing in that aspect. And, you know, you thought the first Falcons game was a fluke, and come to find out, it, it wasn't. And that's just the way of things for the Falcons. So next on the list is Sam Darnold. Now he's playing the Bengals, which is a team that's top, or I should say bottom five against the quarterback. Every quarterback is railing the Bengals. And Sam Darnold is 28 for 48 for 239 yards. And that's it. That's it. 239 yards, nothing else. No interceptions, no touchdowns. So, uh, that was another one, like Foles, where you're like, man, I like this matchup. I'm going to put him in, you know, play him on FanDuel. And you had to be disappointed. You know, Sam Darnold has some great matchups coming up. And, you know... Does that spook you uh, a little bit to, to play him when, you know, even with a good matchup when, you know, you're not, sh you're not sure? And uh, having, you know, him having some bad matchups against, uh, uh, or having some great matchups and having bad games with him, it's just tough. So, uh, and then Jameis Winston, 21 for 33 for 268 yards against Jacksonville. Now, I don't attribute this so much as Jameis Winston was that bad. It's just they got a huge lead against Jacksonville. You know, they're running out the clock from that point on. The touchdowns went to Peyton Barber, of all people. So, you know, he got a defensive touchdown. So it just wasn't in the cards for Jameis Winston. And uh, if you started him this week, you were a little disappointed. Let's get right into the running backs. Number one for our ghosts of the week running back, Tevin Coleman against the Ravens. 
you knew that it was a running back by committee, but you knew Tevin Coleman was the main back, even against the stout Ravens defense, and he got five carries for six yards. Had to be pretty disappointed with that, for sure. And then, on to the next person, uh, Ronald Jones. You had to like his matchup against Jacksonville. The way the game played out was ideal for the running back to just, you know, take time off the clock, score some touchdowns. And unfortunately, the touchdowns went to Peyton Barber because Ronald Jones only had six carries for eight yards. And I am done trying to figure out Bruce Arians and this running back conundrum that happens week to week. You think you know who the starter is, and then uh, Bruce Arians turns around and makes it something different. And I know we talked about this already, but, uh, you know, this is the result of being on the wrong side of that guess, which uh, makes it scary. Uh, Jonathan Williams, he was a big play guy against the Titans. Everyone liked his matchup as, you know, I did as well. And uh, he got eight carries for only 14 yards. So you really didn't want to see that. And it really didn't help out your fantasy team at all. And we also have Aaron Jones for the Packers. He had 11 carries, 18 yards against the Giants. You know, Giants are a great matchup for the running back. They've been better lately, but... You know, since Devontae Adams came back, Aaron Jones is really not getting the targets through the air that he was before. And on the ground, he's just not effective. And it's just baffling about the ground yards. But, um, yeah, it's like, what, what do you do with Aaron Jones at this point? This is the third bad game in a row for him. So it's getting uh, – it's bad timing with the playoffs right around the corner. Le'Veon Bell. The reason why he is on here, uh, I don't really need a reason. I mean, he played the Bengals and only got 32 yards. So I think that's reason enough. You expected a big game from him against the Bengals. Like, this was going to be the game that he was going to prove himself. That he was a top echelon running back. And Adam Gase just doesn't use him like he needs to be used. And he, he just, you know, the line's not good. But besides that, Le'Veon Bell is just not having a good season and not getting any production. So he had ten, only 10 carries, which it should have been a lot higher. But 32 yards is 32 yards, and yeah, it, it doesn't do you any good. Now with the wide receiver, Ghost of the Week, it's uh, pretty sad for a couple of these receivers. Sammy Watkins against Oakland. Had zero catches, zero yards. And then Tyler Lockett against the Vikings uh, on the, the Seattle Vikings game. Just as bad. Zero catches, zero yards. Tyler Lockett had an excuse. He was sick, but it would have been nice for the Seattle Seahawks to let everyone know that. Um, if you play Tyler Lockett, you were thoroughly disappointed. And I've used the word thoroughly a lot today, so you know how disappointing that is. Um, and Sammy Watkins, it just shows you the power of the having a huge game the first week. You know, he lit it up the first week, two touchdowns, over 100 yards, and now, since, he hasn't done anything. And so I think people still plug him in there hoping for that week one magic, and it's just never happening. And, and to get zero 
catches and zero yards. Um, Sammy Watkins should not be on anybody's roster in any uh, in any league. With I don't care how many teams are in that league, he just uh, is not a good receiver. Um, Terry McLaren makes a list. You know things are going to start getting bad for Terry McLaren. He's a great talent. He just doesn't have anyone to throw him the ball. Dwayne Haskins is not that guy to get him the ball. And you figure they'd have some rapport, especially since they went to the same college together. But, uh, you know, ask Mason Rudolph and James Washington. That doesn't always matter. Two catches, eight yards against the Panthers. And uh, obviously, hopefully it didn't cause any losses for, you know, people to be uh, not in the playoffs anymore with their teams. Uh, Tyrell Williams, you know, we've been high on the Tyrell Williams horse for a couple of times now, and he had one catch for nine yards against the Chiefs, and I don't know what's going on with Tyrell Williams, but with Hunter Renfro being out, I figured that meant more Tyrell, and that hasn't been the case. Um, He's just not producing on these matchups like he was earlier on in the year. And that's unfortunate. And I don't know that I would drop Tyrell Williams, but if I had him on my team, I'd be awfully close to doing that. Uh, Christian Kirk, three catches, 23 yards against the Rams. As the best and uh, number one receiver for the Cardinals. And I know Larry Fitzgerald is there, but uh, I'm talking about now as the team's currently constructed. Fitzgerald was great, but uh, I don't. I I think Kirk is the main guy there now, and uh, yeah, against the Rams, that just isn't going to cut it. That's that's really bad production, and, and the Rams aren't that great of a defense to, you know, bench Kirk in this situation. Stephon Diggs against the Seahawks. You're hoping for big things, and Stephon four catches, twenty five yards. Not a good day. And Stefan is really a hot and cold type player. So it makes it scary for the, the playoffs coming up. And uh, like, do you play him? And I don't know, to be honest. And even with the good matchups, it's, you know, he's proven that he might not produce. And against some uh, some really bad matchups, he, he does produce. So uh, Stefan Diggs is really a wild card. All right, let's get right into our tight end ghosts of the week. And there are many to choose from and some big-name guys to choose from. But uh, Janu Smith is our first one. He actually had two targets, but he didn't have a catch or any yards. And uh, Delaney Walker was placed on IR. Uh, but, you know, Janu Smith started off hot when he first started playing. And now it's kind of tapered off and against the Colts was just a non-factor. Jimmy Graham against the Giants, you know, with Aaron Rodgers' huge day, you didn't see this coming. You thought he would be, you know, if you saw Aaron Rodgers' stat line, you would think that Jimmy Graham had a decent day. He didn't. He had one catch for 16 yards, and, uh, yeah, you just expect more from Jimmy Graham. He's touchdown dependent. If he doesn't get a touchdown, he really is a non-factor. George Kittle had two catches for 17 yards against the Ravens. Niners were still competitive in that game, lost by a field goal. George Kittle was not competitive in this game, and 
really was disappointing. I know he's coming off of injury, but the Ravens did a great job of taking him out. Dawson Knox, I have him on here because of how bad the Cowboys are at defending the tight end. There was noise about Dawson Knox having a big game. I actually thought he would have a decent game, to be honest. And uh, he had three catches for 17 yards. So all in all, not a, a great game. For, or, yeah, not a great game for Dawson Knox. You expect some, some, some more things from him. Zach Ertz for the Eagles, three catches, 24 yards against the Dolphins. And that Dolphins game just continues to be a nightmare for the Eagles. Um, yeah, Zach Ertz was set up for, you know, a huge game. And yeah, it just didn't, it didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. Yay! Let's get right into those pickups. So... There's actually some pickups to be had uh, this late into the season. And, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be slim pickings. But uh, a lot of things have happened where um, there's some relevant plays now that might help your, your playoff team. First one, Garden Min, uh, Gardner Minshew, the gardener. He uh, is now the starter for the rest of the year for the Jaguars. Not only... Did they bench Nick Foles for that game? They benched him for the season. Really disappointing. Uh, if you know you were a Foles fan, they paid all that money for Foles, and the good news is I think Gardner Minshew does a better job of getting it to DJ Chark, and it's going to increase the value of uh, the the players around him uh, on the Jaguars, which will help you during your stretch run in the playoffs. I think Minshew's an ad if you're, you know, in a position where you're not liking your quarterback matchups or options. Um, but there's obviously a lot of good quarterback matchups that uh, you're probably going to go with uh, before Gardner Minshew. But uh, still a good pickup. Drew Locke for the Broncos. If you're definitely like a keeper or dynasty league, Drew Locke is a good guy to pick up. He looks like he has potential. He was really impressive against the Chargers. And those two touchdowns were, were great. I think he's worth a pickup. And, you know, the Denver offense actually looked cohesive for once. You know, they were so stagnant with the other quarterbacks. And Drew Locke looks like he has a lot of potential. And I realize it was at home, but... Uh, Regardless, you know, again, if you're in like a dynasty or keeper league, Drew Locke would be a good option. And you might want to keep him on your bench for the playoffs if you uh, really need that quarterback depth. This QB ad is going to blow people's minds, I think. Daniel Jones is hurt. Now, he's only supposed to be out short-term, but that means Eli Manning is playing on Monday night. And they're playing the, the Giants. They're playing the Eagles, the Dolphins, Redskins, and then the Eagles again. And uh, that is a dream for the playoffs matchup-wise. So if Daniel Jones is out longer than you expect, 
Eli Manning is not a bad play, and he potentially could win you some playoff games, as crazy as that sounds. So he's definitely on the radar for pickups with those matchups. So if you want to win, you might be looking at Eli Manning as a, a pickup, and I just think that'd be crazy that uh, he's you know benched the whole year, and then when it comes to uh, your fantasy playoff time, he might be the savior for your team. So uh, it's something to consider, uh, definitely. At running back, there definitely is a lot of running backs for us to kind of shuffle through. Rashawn Penny, I mean, if you haven't already picked him up, he should already have been picked up. But if he's not, he's getting a lot more action with Chris Carson. And he's been productive. And receiving the ball, running the ball, two weeks in a row now, he's a... You know, if you're waiting to see for him to prove it, he's proven it, and you need to pick him up. Uh, Alexander Madison, Dalvin Cook got hurt right before the playoffs. So if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, you need to be looking for Madison. And if you're not, you need to be picking up Madison anyways because depending on how long Cook is out, Madison can be an excellent play for you. So he should actually be one of the top waiver priorities. I have Darwin Thompson for the Chiefs. Now, I'm not crazy about adding him. I like his talent, but uh, Damian Williams is supposed to be coming back. And if that's the case, it really makes Darwin Thompson insignificant. So it's something to consider. But, you know, any Chiefs running back, you really don't want to get... into that whole backfield situation, especially during the playoffs. And if you guess wrong on that, it's really going to come back to bite you uh, in a playoff week. So stay away from the Chiefs, but just know that with the Chiefs injury at running back, Darwin Thompson's a, a add if, if need be. Raheem Moster, we talked about, such a great talent, getting all the, uh, well, not all of them, but more touches than everyone else. And uh, he's more electrifying. He'd be worth a good add. Uh, Patrick Laird I have for the Dolphins. Every week he gets more and more uh, percentage of snaps for the Dolphins. And he's not flashy. He actually didn't even have a really good stat week. Uh, I think he ran the ball like 14 times for like 18 yards. Something really bad. But he got two touchdowns uh, or a touchdown. And if they're going to keep trying to use Laird in their offense, uh, he's someone to keep your eye on and potentially add. I put Peyton Barber on here, but you have my thoughts on Peyton Barber with the Buccaneers. Uh, The Ronald Jones-Peyton Barber thing has been a nightmare. Uh, He's worth picking up because he can have a big day, but he also could not have a big day depending on if they decide to use Ronald Jones. It's a flip of the the die really on whether you play you know if you played him on whether he'd produce but um if you roll the die and you you win on that and he does it's it's a good uh it's a it's a good play obviously going to receiver alan lazard for the packers we're back on alan lazard uh the laser tag um, Lazard tag. Anyway, he had a big game, had 
a touchdown, 80 yards. Has a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you picked him up. Devontae Adams came back. You didn't think he was going to be, you know, efficient. And the last game showed you that he could be. Paris Campbell for the Colts coming back from injury. And I really like this as a pickup for two things, uh, two reasons. T.Y. Hilton is going to potentially be out for the rest of the year. They might shut him down. And if that's the case, that opens up, you know, opposite of Zach Paschal. Chester Rogers is already placed on IR. He was the other receiver. So with Campbell coming back, you really have Paris Campbell and uh, Zach Paschal. And that's it. There's not really anyone else worth getting uh, or using in that offense. And so that's why I think Paris Campbell potentially could have a, will be a, a good playoff play with some of these matchups. Um, so he, he might be a good add. Calvin Harmon for the Redskins. Now, it scares me because it's the Redskins, but Richardson's hurt. Harmon's picking up that. Uh, that spot on the offense. Um, I believe he's playing the Z. Um, but you need to be uh, at least having Harmon on your radar. If if not, just as scouting out for next year. Because, he, you know, he's playing more, but there's not a lot of passing targets going around with Dwayne Haskins. And as much as they're running the ball with Geis and Peterson, um, yeah, uh, which leads me to my next person, Jacoby Myers. For the Patriots, they're kind of banged up. No one can catch the ball. Uh, Jacoby Myers' volume is going up a little bit, but um, he's someone to keep an eye on because if Dorsett's hurt, Edelman's hurt. I mean, Edelman's still playing, whether he's hurt or not. Um, but Jacoby is that one that would... Uh, be the beneficiary of, of those injuries. Moving along to tight end. I Starting out the week, I didn't think I was going to have very many tight ends. Then as I went over everything, there's some decent options. Uh, Jesse James is my number one. You know, when he took over for the Steelers last year, he was actually one of the top tight ends in the league. I think he was in the top three uh, until Vance McDonald came back. T.G. Hawkinson's hurt. And he's been not very productive. So if the Lions offense is going to use the tight end, Jesse James is going to be the guy. And he is shown, or at least he's shown in the past, that he can be that receiving threat that the teams need. So he's worth a pickup if you're hurting at tight end. I also have Caden Smith for the Giants. Evan Ingram is hurt. It seems like he's been hurt, I don't know, for months and months, which he really has been hurt for months and months. Um, Rhett Ellison is hurt. Caden Smith is the rookie. He's the tight end to own right now. And with the Giants matchups that they have, with, you know, like we talked about, Eagles, Redskins, Dolphins, um, he's, he's an ad for sure. Tyler Higby, we don't even need to discuss. We talked about him. Gerald Everett's hurt. Tyler Higby is a good tight end and productive tight end. So I would actually put this as probably Jesse James, Tyler Higby, 
Caden Smith at this point. Um, Vance McDonald for the Steelers, he's a pickup. I mean, you got to figure everyone dropped him because of his uh, production. But And I'm not saying that you need to be playing him every week, but this week he's playing the Cardinals. And we just talked about how the Cardinals give up more everything against tight end than any other team, like by a huge margin. So this really opens up Vance McDonald to have a decent day. Now, he was opened up to have a decent day last week and some other weeks, but uh, this might be the week that he he does it. And I might make a bold statement on this later, but uh, you got to at least be considering Vance McDonald. And I think, that, yeah, that about wraps up for our pickups. And, you know, we've had some great luck on, on the pickups. Um, you know, looking back on, on our list with, uh, you know, the Jonathan Williams a couple weeks ago, the tight ends with Ross Dwelly, we've, uh, there's been some solid additions you can make to make your roster better the week of that you can be making. And, and especially now that it's the playoffs, you need to be thinking about some of these players to uh, get you over the edge uh, because it's all about just winning the current week. Let's get to the news. There's really not a lot of news this week. It's been pretty quiet, which is surprising, you know, this being uh, this late into the year. The big news, obviously, is uh, Daniel Jones looking like he's going to be out Monday night and Eli Manning making his start. So it'd be good to see old Eli... I think he has a 500 record for wins and losses, so this game might be the determining factor on if he ends his career with a losing record or a winning record. So uh, must watch TV in in that regard. Uh, TJ Hawkinson placed on IR, which means Jesse James now is the starting tight end for Detroit. Something to monitor. James could be a good pickup. Hawkinson's done for the year, so if you have them or you have him, you can safely drop him. And uh, it's a, uh, I don't know, he, he started his uh, career started out with a bang, and his season is ending ending with a whimper, uh, a wine, uh, a lion whimper. Uh, when it, you know, we'll start out with that roar. So we'll, I think Hawkinson's obviously a, a talented tight end that definitely as the uh, starting next year will be one to watch, but uh, rookie tight ends just don't always have great seasons, and it's it's proven time and again that uh, you need to wait a couple years to, to get a good season out of a rookie tight end. T.Y. Hilton might be shut down for the year. I think he should be. Um, he seems like he's always hurt even when he does play. We will see, but it's looking more like that. Uh, Ron Rivera was fired, which was huge news. And this, I think, helps Christian McCaffrey in regards to whoever coaching is going to have to really ride on his coattails. You know, you don't have Ron Rivera. Cam Newton's been out. And it's you don't really have a lot there uh, on the Panthers. Um, so I think, again, Ron Rivera... Should be coaching the Browns. I think that would be a great place for him, you know, with Freddie Kitchens, uh, Kitchens and just how juvenile that whole operation is looking right now. I think Ron Rivera can definitely get some structure into there and and uh, not make the Browns a laughing stock 
Broncos. Even when the Browns are competitive, they're they're able to uh, make themselves look like a laughing stock, which is hard to do. Um, and you know, it, I think it's easier to uh, to go the complete opposite way and and never make yourself look like a la- laughing stock than to continuously always make yourself look like a laughing stock. And so. I don't know, the the Browns have some things to figure out this offseason. Um, on uh, Hooper, uh, Austin Hooper looks like he's going to be playing. That's big news if you are hoping to uh, get him back or you you know have a, a tight end that uh, you need to play. Uh, maybe an owner dropped him because he's been hurt. Uh, you might want to look into that. It's... Uh, he he's a great uh, target for the Falcons, and Matt Ryan has a couple good matchups left in him for the season, so it's something to monitor. Outside of that, I mean, th- there's really not a lot to uh, to talk about this time. Duck Hodges is uh, who's deemed the starter by Tomlin against Arizona this week. So he might actually be a good pickup to have against Arizona. That's an amazing matchup. And you don't feel confident having to play Doug Hodges, but, you know, you're kind of tempted with that matchup against Arizona. You know, with maybe FanDuel, that'd be one that nobody has that uh, he ends up, uh, yeah, blowing it up, especially in a place like Arizona where it's like a home game for the Steelers with how many uh, Pittsburghers live in the, the the Arizona area. The start-sit segment for the Thursday night game. We'll get right into this. The Dallas Cowboys at the Chicago Bears. And the Cowboys are favored by three. And I, I think that's about right. I think the Cowboys win this game, and they win uh, by three or more. So I would go with the Cowboys on this. And the reason why I say that is just because the Bears are, you know, their offense is so stagnant stagnant against decent matchups. And the Cowboys aren't world beaters, but their matchup's good enough to make the Bears' offense go into hibernation. So... You know, Taylor Gabriel's out again. Really opens up the door for Anthony Miller. I don't like Mitchell Trubisky in this. You know, as much as, you know, I was surprised for him to make the GOATs this last week, I expect him to go right back to his rightful place of being in the uh, ghosts this this coming up week, Um, especially on a short week. I, I, I just don't have faith in him. Uh, David Montgomery, I, I don't like his matchup at all. Cowboys are going to eat him alive. You know, he doesn't necessarily do well on good matchups, and uh, he's really touchdown dependent. So in in this case, I don't see a big game from David Montgomery. Um, Anthony Miller, however, Allen Robinson, I do. I like those guys. I, I just don't know which one's going to be getting any of the touchdowns, uh, but they'll definitely get the targets, uh, and those targets will be important, so if I had to start anyone on Chicago, it definitely would be Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. 
outside of that, I'm really, I'm really quiet on, especially on a playoff week. You really can't trust anybody to uh, give you enough points to uh, make you feel comfortable going into the the weekend. So, yeah, that's just the way it is. Uh, again, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, awesome. Uh, nobody else. On the Cowboys side of the ball, things are a little bit different. You know, Dak Prescott, you're starting him. He, he's starting to turn the corner where early on in the year he was really matchup dependent, did great against bad matchups, didn't do so well against uh, when he had a, you know, a, a bad or a good defense. Uh, but that's kind of changed. He's done well uh, last couple weeks and, you know, playing New England, he was – did decent, so I'm on the you got to start Dak Prescott train, especially after you saw what David Blau did to the Bears defense. I mean, if David Blau could do that, then why can't Dak? Ezekiel Elliott, I don't like. I mean, you're starting him because he's Zeke, but you really don't like that matchup against the Bears defense. The Bears can stop the run, um, and we've we've talked about this too. Ezekiel Elliott's been disappointing this year, and, and I think he'll get some yards, but I just don't think he'll he'll produce uh, overall with like you know touchdowns. Um, Jason Witten, I like Jason Witten. Uh, Bears aren't very good at defending the tight end, so this opens up the game pretty well for Jason Witten. It also opens up the game pretty well for Blake Jarwin. So I mean, if Witten's not going to catch the touchdown, it'll be Jarwin, but. Uh, you, you go with what's been working, and, and Witten's definitely the play. At receiver, Randall Cobb. Yeah, I would actually start Randall Cobb. Uh, Amari Cooper, I'm out on completely. He's a different receiver on the road than he is at home. And it's been pretty, I mean, it's facts. It's not fake news, it's facts. Um, he doesn't do well on the road. So I would be benching him, especially this is the playoffs. You need to win this week. You can't uh, be crossing your fingers hoping that Amari Cooper produces. Having said that, you know, Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup. I like Michael Gallup a lot. So I think he's the one that is the productive receiver against this Bears defense. So, you know, I'm starting Gallup and Cobb at receiver. Starting Dak. And uh, with the tight end position, I'm playing Jason Witten. And that's it for this matchup. So, uh, you know, the again, the Cowboys are three-point favorites, and I'm taking the Cowboys and the points on this one. And that will about do it for today's show. Uh, thank you for joining us, the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. You could reach me on Twitter at Ms the Wiz Montalban, or you can email me at mizmontalban at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-Z-M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. And I appreciate you joining us today, and we'll get right back at it on Friday for the starts and sits of the Week 14 games that are happening on Sunday. And I wish you good fortune on Thursday. Happy football watching. Take care.